Support for this week's podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the exclusive offer for you, 20% off, and free worldwide shipping when you use the code PELCAST20. That's PELCAST20, P-E-I-L-C-A-S-T-2-0. PELCAST20 at manscaped.com. If my maths is correct, that's, oh, that's about 8 million balls, give or take. Have you ever had a nick downstairs when you're having a nice groom? Not very good, is it? It hurts. It's quite painful. For me personally, it's happened many times. But not anymore. Not since I invested in Manscaped. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and oh man, it's a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag that holds your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their, their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight. You need this for a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess in the bathroom floor. You thought that was good? The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas. Your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0. The Manscaped Boxers and the Travel... The, Shed travel bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code PELCAST20. That's PELCAST20. P-E-I-L-C-A-S-T-2-0. And trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. Hello and welcome back to the PELCAST podcast with myself, David Carabini. Uh, Jack McArdle and Bill Gain. This week, we're actually being joined by uh, a well-known YouTuber and a, a, Scotch, a Scotsman who's also got roots in Derry. He's a massive football fan. He goes around, he does um, vlogs going to games. Uh, Blair McNally. Blair, how's it going? How are we, guys? Uh, it'll be a bit of a weird one having a Scottish accent. Uh, to be honest, a Glasgow accent on your podcast, but it's an absolute pleasure and I look forward to talking about Irish football. No, it's it's great to have you on. I was just having a look there, just a quick glance at your YouTube channel there, and the last game is one that actually uh, kind of sent shockwaves around the, um, the European football um, world uh, last week. Was uh, Motherwell Sligo? Um, Sligo obviously coming out one 0 winners. Uh, is a fair park in Motherwell? Um, yeah. And like, what what was that game like? Like I, I saw the. Um, like it seemed to be a really good atmosphere beforehand, and then it just turned toxic as soon as uh, Aidan Keane scored that goal. Like, is it what? What was that game like for you personally being there? Like, right, I'll be honest. So, 
I know my stuff about Irish football, right? And let's be honest, UCD, bottom of the league, are terrible. UCD had beaten Sligo Rovers 2-0 going into this game. That was enough for me to know that Motherwell were going to take at least five off of Sligo going into this game, right? I think we could all be honest and say we probably thought the same. But, wow, how wrong was I? Uh, Sligo defended astonishingly. I don't know if it was Motherwell. Well, Motherwell were absolutely terrible. But I think a part of that was because how good Sligo were defensively. Uh, they sat in. They done what was needed. And then they counted on a mistake. Aidan Keener used to play with Falkirk over here. We know what he possesses. And slipped in. Bevis McGabby made the mistake. And what a finish it was, guys, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was an absolutely brilliant finish. Like uh, Again, it was just a poacher's, a poacher's goal. Like, he saw the... Uh, the mistake coming and, and it was a brilliant like the lob was just fantastic on the volley um, for yeah. it to just land just under the crossbar I mean it's it's if if they go through this tie now like I know obviously they're playing tomorrow night um, this will be how everyone will know the result by then but they're playing tomorrow night and if they can get through this tie I think that would be one of the big results in, in Irish European history like it's it's something it would be up there with the likes of Dundalk against Bantle oh, no, for no, me no 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 stop stop no. It is, but nah, Jack, it is, no, I can I can appreciate I can I can I can respect it, man. But fuck, nah, come on. Jack It'll is very touchy. I don't know. The North lost the, the North first pants leg, are very insecure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. To everyone listening to this, we lost the first leg and then turned around and bet someone three 0 at home. That were better than us higher ranked European regulars. I know Motherwell, fair enough, but like I don't think there's something to a gap between the SPFL and the League of Ireland if you discount Rangers and Celtic. Yeah, but it would be the same with, with Bate Borisov and, and oh. the Belarusian. The Null fans are very insecure about their achievements, so they have to cheer <laughs> on the non-Irish teams against um, their other Irish teams because they feel that if Sligo get through or if Sam Corvus get no, through, then it diminishes their achievements. And Jack is very insecure about that. Ro- Rovers, Rovers can, I hope Rovers actually get as far as they can in, in the Conference League so we can win the league. Not you're not going to win the league. You're not pulling it back. But anyway, Blair, um, like you're, you'd be probably be the, the biggest expert on this. Then, seeing as you've you've seen both, uh, both live recently, both you've seen both of them, um, playing more regularly than we would. So, like, what what do you give for like those chances now tomorrow night against against the Motherwell team that like obviously are probably going to be hurting after that? Uh, I would say Sligo. That could have been a freak show because Motherwell didn't turn up at all, like, at all. Um, they've got quite a few good players, but then again, speaking to quite a few Motherwell fans, have not invested heavily in the summer and they've had quite a bad transfer window. Tomorrow night, is it? Is it tomorrow night? Yeah, yeah, tomorrow night, Thursday, yeah. That, at the showgrounds, is going to be one hell of a game uh, because, obviously, it's all in the line for both teams. Sligo have got nothing to lose. Motherwell have got nothing to lose. It's their first time playing in front of Motherwell. It was their first time playing in front of fans since 2014 against an Icelandic team who they get knocked out of Stjarnan. So everything's to play for tomorrow, money-wise, fans-wise. Yeah, it's going to be some game. And I know quite a lot of Motherwell fans travelling over for it. So the atmosphere is definitely going to be there as well. Yeah, like it's... Sorry, did Motherwell get in Europe through the league or the through winning the Cup? No, it was uh, so they get in through the league because Celtic and Rangers have done so well. We'll take away the Celtic because Celtic actually haven't done anything in Europe because Rangers 
uh, have done so well. By the way, I'm not a Rangers fan. I'm a Partick Thistle fan, unless you think. <laughs> uh, with a weird kid, is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm the one that gets, that gets bullied. So, because uh, Partick, because Rangers had Partick Thistle in Europe, because Rangers uh, have done so well in Europe, uh, they've been astonishing the last three, four years. The Scottish football coefficient is unbelievable. Um, it's the best it's been, I think, in about 25 years. So Motherwell finished, I think it was fourth, don't, don't quote me on that, and they managed to get Europe. So, like, that is unheard of in Scottish football. Yeah, it's, it's mad to look at it. Like, obviously, we have the four spaces <coughs> over here where it's, we've, we've three in the league and one for the Cup. Um, but I think, was it Pats won the Cup last year? So, so uh, Derry got the European place, yeah. And ended up embarrassing themselves anyway against Riga but well, that's, Riga that's for another day. yeah sure you, you have you have roots in, in Derry you were saying there just before the, the recording uh, that's through your mum's side is it? yeah so my mum a friend of this from Derry's listening my mum's from the box side uh, so I half Irish myself um, and you know what it was a massive chance for Derry uh, invested very heavily in the summer and I as both Irish and Scottish teams do they always make it hard for themselves, and I uh, didn't have a turned up. The red card, probably a hard one, harsh one, but they didn't deserve it in the end, and they ended up getting embarrassed, didn't they? Yeah, well, I, I did think that the red was harsh on myself, looking back on it, but again, you know, you can't, especially in European games, I've had my, my jibes at UEFA and FIFA over the last few, you know, few months on, on the podcast and things like that, and they, they will always look for a way to, to kind of screw over the the um, smaller nations in terms of their chances of getting into European competitions, and it, like you just can't give them give them any sort of a chance to send you off. Like you look at it, even the the Rovers again. Rovers played Hibs from Malta a, a couple of weeks ago, and Rory Gaffney. Ireland is obviously the bigger nation, better coefficient. Like I, I, like Gaffney, what was it? He elbowed someone in the face, kicked, no, he kicked in the face. him in the face. He like kicked he got, him. Yeah. Like, there was a bit of like a toggle, and then he went down, and then he kicked the fan in the face. Like, it wasn't like it wasn't like he booted him, but like there was contact yeah. to the fan in the face. But, and yeah. then he scored the third goal for him. Yeah, so that pretty much put them through. Like, and yeah. you know, the, again, Ireland is a bigger nation with a better coefficient than Malta, so like they do look to trying to benefit the 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 bigger nations rather than you know help out the smaller ones. In in my opinion, um, yeah, like it's you know very just. They just bottled it really like his Riga. It was a great opportunity. Riga are a good side, man. They bought a player for 1.8 million a few weeks ago before the yeah. second leg. Like, there's no competing there. Even if we had them in 2019, like, we screwed none of the draws twice home and away and invested in penalties. And they were still a very good effort. And that was the first year in Champions League. I think, yeah, but I wouldn't say the left is that I feel Derry have just kind of raided the dock. Do you not, do you not think so? They have. It's, it's, all the guys are just in Norway Park. Uh, I think it's just like they've taken in players that have obviously proven themselves, but a couple of years too late. Obviously, Fats came back. That was big, but he's not really turned up. Duffy constantly injured. It's yeah. it's been a bit of it's been a bit of a shit show to be honest. The start of the season was remarkable for Derry. Don't get me wrong, top of the league flying, but it was a matter of time. And I'm even talking hearing fans now talking about the manager. Is the manager the right manager to take them forward? I don't know. Yeah, I think Mark Conley's actually going back up. Um, yeah, Mark Conley's going to be playing for you for Derry as well. Obviously, he played in the first half of the year, so it's just 
just seems to be a constant feed between Dundalk and Derry over the last while. He's a master signing. Yeah, he's well proven. Oh, he's he's, he's unbelievable, well. but he is very good, yeah. Well proven, like, see, to be, he was playing with Dundee United for a good while there, and my God, uh, I, what, what a player he was for them. So, I, if Derry managed to get a hold of him, which looks very close now, then <laughs> if he stays fit, remarkable. Yeah, like um, you know, it's it's obviously the signings the the signings are going around and around and around, and the the merry go around them pre season for for the other leagues, and then obviously mid season for ourselves over here. Um, is there any like any open coming Scottish players you could see coming over here, maybe on a loan deal from Celtic, or I mean, obviously there's there's rumours of Johnny Kenny coming back over from Celtic and going to Sligo again, or you know, is there anybody anybody there that you think could do a job over here, Blair? Uh, it would be easy to guess. There's no rumours. Uh, obviously, there's rumours I've heard, but there's nothing, no talks I've heard. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't sit here and guess. You obviously have got the likes of Celtic youth players, Rangers youth players. You're always going to be looking at them. Similar to the way Partick Thistle work in terms of it's much cheaper to get them, but you're getting the better quality. The problem is, obviously, it's a different island, so they'll need to commute. They'll need to stay in Ireland again. So, yeah, uh, it really, it really is. If, I, I feel if players don't work out in Ireland, they'll move to Scotland to the lower leagues. If players don't work out in Scotland, they'll move to Ireland and try themselves out. And it's not as the players aren't good enough. I would say because quite a few players get proven when they do make the change. I would just say it is when the players don't work out. Yeah, Bill, do you want to come in there? Yeah, I suppose. Uh, recently, I suppose the most recent game was an Ireland you were at was uh, Cork City and Galway United. So, in the previous episode, we actually had um two of the heads of the media team for both sides, um, uh, on talk about League Ireland marketing. But I just want to say, what 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 was your experience of the atmosphere in Cork City, Cork City and Galway? Because I suppose, um, I can't, I don't know the exact figures, but I know that. That game sold bigger, had a bigger attendance than Champ Rovers in the Champions League there recently. So, they're two like they're, they're, as you said in the video. I think was the sleeping giants of Irish football. From uh, Cork City should be in the Premier League, and League Ireland's not just not worse off because Cork City aren't in it. So I just want to know what was your experience like in Terrace Cross? Eh, uh, all I need to say is I couldn't see a single seat empty in the stadium. I mean, that is remarkable for a game that's not even halfway through the season. It's not going to define the league. Obviously, it's the two teams that are going for the league. Uh, it's a Friday night as well. People might be going out. Aye, rem- remarkable. From Even from in the afternoon, people walking about the town, Cork City tops on. I think girls with top city, uh, Cork City tops on. You don't, use, you, you don't see that a lot with smaller clubs. Maybe Man United Liverpool tops on, but aye. Um, Cork is a, f- I would say a footballing city. Obviously, it's sporting city with the hurling, etc. But yeah, I was very impressed. There's a lot of things I didn't expect, um, but a lot of things I knew I was going into. Yeah, it's the it's the really cap it's the really capital really. Like there's people going on about how great Dublin is, but like Cork is a city in itself, and I think I think I think the atmosphere that you witnessed on that Friday night was a testament to that. Well, see that atmosphere. 
I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't expect that. I knew every club has their own ultra section, etc. But see the way they had, from, I actually stepped, you watch the video, so if you've not already, go and watch the video. You step onto the stairs and you can hear the noise before you even get into the ground. It is rocking. The stand was bouncing. This is 15 minutes before kickoff, after I'd ran two and a half miles. <laughs> uh, and wow, as soon as, like, see that way you step into a stadium and you just look around you, you don't say anything, you just go, wow. Like, I was in awe because every single person was on their feet. And it's it was just that moment, like, take a deep breath as if to say, this is this is going to be good, you know? So I stepped into the stand up the stairs and, yeah, there was a massive display. They'd set out, players come out from, I think it's mad that the players come out from underneath the fans and they stand behind the goal. I think that's unbelievable. Um, and that just adds to the atmosphere as well. And as soon as the players come out, you've seen it, pyro, drums, wow, the atmosphere was absolutely rocking. And for a now now in the end, I don't think you're going to get many better now nows atmosphere-wise. And even when the players were coming off at the end, they were still singing. Do you know, after a now now, Galway got a, you need to remember, Galway got a man sent off. So, as a fan of Cork, if I was a fan of Cork, I would be raging, to be honest with you. That was a chance missed. But no, these fans just kept yeah. going. Uh, and these fans just kept going and kept going, didn't stop. And they were singing, they actually sang the players off the park. And I'm not talking about one or two, I'm talking about 80, 90% of the stand stayed and sang the players off the park. So, hats off, Cork City fans. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's interesting to look at it. Like, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a Scotland fan myself, and I've, I've seen it this year myself. Like, I think I'm not sure what the lads would say, but from from my own point of view, being a Drotten fan this year, it's been um, the fans have been incredible every single game. Like, they don't stop. I don't know. It's, it just feels different this year in the league that every single set of fans is just much more like on it nearly. Like, they, they're just more up for the games, and you just see it. Just it's a better atmosphere at every match I've been to. Anyway. Have you seen the stats? Like, you know, Sorry, have you seen the stats? And it said that yeah, like yeah. Irish footballs went up about seventy percent in attendance since lockdown. Yeah, it's like. Rovers sold out of every match. I think it was the first seven matches or something they sold out. Couldn't get a ticket. I remember going to Derry v Drogheda, and I remember, like, let's be honest, the Brandywell, you can, you can, it's League of Ireland football, you can walk in and get a ticket. You can literally yeah. just walk up to the steward and you can, they, they would let you in, you know? Yeah. But I remember going to Derry Drogheda at the start of the season. It was like, hey, my big cousin's like, I can't get your ticket. It's, it's tickets only and it's sold out. And it's like, what the? That was a Monday night and, as well, Blair, wasn't it? Do you know, a Monday night game, and I couldn't get a ticket for a league match in the winter. You know, well, uh, yeah, it just shows you how much it's changed. And I'm all for it because what a difference you can see already. Even in that Derry game on a Friday, uh, Monday night, sorry, the atmosphere was rocking and the yeah. game was even that good. So, aye. Yeah, I, I was at that game myself. Actually, I made it, like, I live in Dublin and I made the trip up. It's about a three hour drive. Like, and I, I took the, the Monday and the Tuesday off work to drive up. But, and, like even just driving up, you could see. Who <laughs> <it> was my, <laughs> you? No, yeah, it was my first ever trip to the Brandywell. Like, and I, I went up on my own. I think there was only about eleven away fans, and just the atmosphere from the Derry set of supporters was just unbelievable. Like, it, and again, I, I'm talking about like we played Sligo earlier on the season at home. And we were three 0 down after twenty five minutes, 
and I, I'm not messing, there's no word of a lie, and you can ask anybody that was there that night, our fans didn't stop. Like the draw the fans just did not stop from minute one right till the very end. And it, actually, when we went 3-0 down, they got louder. And I think it's it, it's a testament to the league that the fans are so like behind their clubs that, and I think we, we, were, we were just recording an episode with Phil from Forgotten Clubs there, and he was talking about how you need to have someone in the club, in the team, that's from the area that will help kind of promote and get the fans on side and things like that. And Drottler this year, I think, have six or seven lads in the the, the main squad that are from the Drottler kind of Bellews Town, Dundalk, or the Leak area, RD kind of um, areas. And, like, you see a much, much bigger, um, you know, Togetherness in the, between the players and the the fans, and it's it's unbelievable. It's something that you don't really see at the the bigger games in, like the Premier League it's, and things like that. It's a community feeling. Football is all about community. People ask me why I don't support Celtic. I don't support Rangers. I turned up to Partick Thistle with my grand. So obviously my mum from Derry, right? Yeah. All my family, mad Derry fans, mad Celtic fans, right? My dad's a Celtic fan as well, so I should be a Celtic fan. But what people don't understand is football is about seeing the same faces every weekend, turning up, that click through the turnstile, seeing the same person selling the programmes, getting that conversation with somebody catch up once a week, seeing the players. It's not about winning. It's not about watching on the TV. And I think Ireland is starting to realise that now because there was a bad spell there where a lot of your fans just cared about Man United and Liverpool, etc. Premier League. There wasn't enough media coverage, but now they're starting to get a bit of media coverage. Obviously, you've got the likes of myself coming over and covering that um, with social media. And people are starting to realise it now. So if it keeps going the way it's going, hopefully, um, that's another topic about the TV deal, but hopefully they can scratch up a TV deal, get a bit of money into the league and then work from there. I just love to come in there about what Dave was saying. As much as I hate him, uh, yeah, draw that, draw that. They have the best hop and everyone likes been up there recently enough. But I think you get that most places in the league. It's just, you can see, yeah, since COVID, like, the atmosphere has just went up. Like, I used to go to every North matches, and everyone's so far this year, anyway, so far. And, like, there'll be... I remember we were in Finn Harps on a Monday night before the break. I think we had a 16, 16 seat on minibus over the Valley of Fairs. We had three and a half hours, and we shite you bouncing around. I remember we were stuck behind the 80 cows, and we thought we were going to be late. It's just, like... It's a real like, not sort of, yeah, sort of like a banter, sort of like slagging thing. Like, it's not really, you take it serious, obviously, when you get there, but it's just a bit of a laugh up until then. I'm not sure if it's the same now with you with Paris Kessel. Are they during the championship aren't over in Scotland? Yeah, uh, I will not speak too much about that. We get, uh... you, I'm just, just curious, do you have like, <laughs> like, if your stadium, I have no idea about Paris Kessel, would you have a good attendance, like, average attendance would be the same as us, or would be a bit higher? Uh, about between two and three. Two and three thousand, yeah. So, like, yeah, is that in Glasgow, yeah. is it, sorry, yeah? Yeah, so we're Partick Thistle's number one club, obviously. Uh, no, Partick, oh, sorry. We are Glasgow's number one club, obviously, so uh, I've, had a, I've had a long day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but I, I so attendance is, I, I, would, I would probably say Partick Thistle are in the same size as Derry. Um, but, Obviously, when you look at it, it's kind of worrying in a sense because Partick Thistle are Glasgow's third club, obviously, you look at attendances, but 
Yeah, they're on the rise. Uh, things are on the rise. So I think we can look at things positively and see there is change happening. Uh, yeah, no, there's, there's definitely there's a lot of change happening. Like I, I was saying it myself because you 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 brought up earlier on rightfully so like the, the massive increase in the amount of people going to games as, as you said I think seventy percent. Um, we've seen it with Drogheda this year. Like when I started supporting Drogheda, you'd never get a sellout. I don't think we. I think the first sellout we had was a, a cup semi final at home to Dundalk in twenty thirteen. Oh my god! When I when I started going in two thousand and eight oh nine at the kind of time, and um. Like it was, you know, that was unheard of. Like, and it was a cup semi final, and we were actually lucky to sell that out. And um, then this year, we've sold out. Like, obviously, the, the UCD game at the start of the season sold out, but that was the club gave free fan, free tickets to everyone. Like, they didn't take in any any match receipts, any ticket gates for um, for the fans because they, they wanted to say a massive thank you for all the support over the, the lockdown period. And then, like we saw, I think we we sold out three games after that. Then after, so like we sold out both Dundalk games at home, which again, myself and Jack have both said like derby games should sell out regardless. Um, but I think we, we sold out the Bows game. I think we, we were near sellouts against Shells against um against Ligo uh twice. So like you, you do see a ma- I can only say from my own point of view as being a Drotter fan, like you do see a massive increase in the amount of people going to games. And as you said, Blair, like it's a fantastic point. Like football is about community. It's about going to, to the, the ground and you see the same faces every week. The same people are there cutting the grass before kickoff. They're marking the pitch. They're putting the nets up, selling programs, selling scarves. Um, and again, like it's that's the romanticism about it. Like, yeah, it's easy to go off and support, um, you know, Man United, Liverpool, um, you know, it's it's so easy to do that, but like, it's it's more amazing to support your your you know your local community club or your you know a smaller club, and then when you see them do well, it, it is that kind of you know the, the the feeling of that sense of belonging when you've been there all along. Like I I've been brought as a small club, we get maybe we'd be lucky to get about 2,000 at games. Like if we're, you know, on a really good day, we'd have 2,000. Um, when we won the EA Sports Cup in, in 2012, that was one of the biggest days that we've ever had. Like, and it's just, that's a league cup that you don't even get Europe from. And, you know, we brought, we would have brought, you know, two or 3,000 on Tala for that game and won 3-1. And, you know, it's just that unbelievable sense of, pride when you see the players putting in that effort and then like, the lows of relegation it's you know you, you see it all when you're supporting your local rather than you know supporting these billionaires that don't really give a shit about you yeah 100% uh, and I think it's very similar over here um, as I said you turn up you see the same faces and I, I just hope that media can change things because everything else is media based nowadays. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's it's a way of it's a way of living. You know, you you can choose to sit in the house and you can choose to watch these big stars Premier League, but you're never going to get that same feeling. You know, you're never going to get that one in every ten games or that feeling of a last minute winner. You know, in person, see that way. Like as you said, Partick Thistle. I remember 
we get really well. I remember, <laughs> I remember rightly, we get relegated two years in a row, and then from then you're like thinking, is this at the club? You're very, very low. You're you're down, and then I mean we played Dundee United in the league the year after, and we scored a last minute winner against them, and they were the team that actually went on to win that league that season. Do you know, and it's a feeling you will never get sitting sitting in the house. So anybody that's thinking of going to watch the local team, don't think about it. Just go and do it. And even if you need a, a hint, go and watch my video, anybody's video on the League of Ireland, Scottish football, English non-league football, whatever, and I will put my life on it. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, look, the, I, I'm a massive, like, massive fan of the atmosphere. Like, I, I try to arrive at games early enough and like try and learn from it as well. Like, watching the warm up and things like that, and you know, just a student at a game is what I call myself. And you know, going to games, sitting in the crowd before watching the the you know third assistant manager set up a goalkeeping drill in the Pistons Arena, fucking half six in the in the evening on a Friday night. You know, that, that's the type of stuff that I love. And then you, you just feel the atmosphere build. And I'm, I'm a big, like, I remember having a debate with me ma before about going on holiday. And she was like, oh, look at the view. And like, I don't go somewhere for the view. Like, if I want a view, I can look it up online. Like, you can watch a YouTube video of great football. But there's something different about being there and seeing it live. Like, you know, the, the joy that you feel if you're an actual proper fan of seeing these things happen live in the flesh in front of your face. Um, you know, it's it's something that, you know, you just don't get from watching it on the telly in a bar with the lads or, you know, I'd much rather be in the stand. Um, but I'm and actually interested. Sorry, go ahead. It's a f- I'm family feeling as well because you feel as if you've done it as a collective, you know. See the way, like, you're sitting there, you feel as if you've contributed, don't you? When, yeah. when you get the moments of ecstasy because you've been there through the tough You've been there through the heart. So when the good times come, it is better than anything you can describe. Yeah, exactly. And I completely agree because I've, I've seen Drottler get relegated twice. I've seen us get promoted twice. Um, I've seen us win a cup. I've seen us lose three cup finals and, you know, lose a playoff final in the 199th minute, 119th minute of the game after extra time. You know, it's the highs and the lows. The the lows are low, but the highs are just so worth it. Like, and you know, you, you just don't feel the same as I say watching watching it on telly. But um, I'm really interested to, to hear your opinion on this because we had this big debate a couple of weeks ago about um the use of flares at games and how it um contributes to that to the atmosphere of games and things like that. And like, what would be your own opinion on that? Like. The, I know you don't really see it much over in, in Scotland and England, but like, what do you feel like it does help it or does it just take away or it doesn't do anything really? I'll tell you right now, see football with, atmos- uh, with atmosphere, it's nothing without yeah. flares. See pyrotechnics, they're dangerous, right? But are they really dangerous when you think about it? I mean, you had one person, his hand blew up, right? That's obviously not good. <coughs> George Square, the Rangers march, right? Out of how many times pyro's been used, how many people have got injured, I think there's a better chance of you getting bit by a shark, you know? And that's not that's not me joking at all. Yeah. They, the authorities don't want it. I, I don't know why, for many reasons, they, they, they feel it as dangerous. 
I feel football goes times ten with it. See the atmosphere. I love pyro. I love flares. Anything. You should look at South America, look at Europe, look at it all. It just adds that wow factor. See the way you can look at a stand. You can look at a display, right? Decent. But do you not notice when you look at a display and it's got pyro involved, it just goes times five. Yeah, I'm just going to come in there. I'll never forget, right, being up in the Aviv in 2016 in August. Right, it's about this time, about this time six years ago, right? So no playing Legia Warsaw in a Champions League playoff. The fast leg like, getting to the group stage. I'll never forget walking in, hearing the Champions League anthem, right, your local side, the club that you put so much into going for years, and you're sitting there, you hear the Champions League anthem, you see the, see the wee ball boy shaking the ball in the middle of the pitch. Next thing you know, you look over to the corner of Aviva, Legia Warsaw fans, these fellas could be no feet. Everyone with the tops off, the flares in their hands. I've never been more intimidated in life. And they only had about 100 or 200 over. It was absolutely mental. And that's just, that's probably the best thing I can say about flares. It's just an atmosphere in general. Like, just all linking into this conversation. It's not without the atmosphere, without the intimidation. It just brings a whole different feeling to the game, I think. Like, you're going in, like, say for thought's sake, Dave, you're coming up to Oil Park against the door in a big enough game. Say, uh, say uh, well, every game's big enough between us now. But even if you came up in April, I think I'm pretty sure we had a display and we had flares and all. And like, it does make a bit of a difference psychologically. Like, Oil Park's a hard enough place to go, anyways. But then your boys draw. The lads have seen that. Like, and you could say vice versa a few weeks ago whenever you saw them up and brought it. The boys yeah, are exactly. shit themselves in the bottom, and that was here just riled everyone up. It's absolutely mental difference you can make, I think. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, so Blair, do you want to come in on that? Yeah, so the, the court games, prime example, you had the display, and then as soon as that green pyro came out, you're just like, let's have it, let's have it. This is going to be some atmosphere. And to be honest with you, I think it's, it's actually coming back into football. I'm seeing it in more and more games, and it's exciting me. You had, I don't know if any of you saw, but the English leaks actually put out a statement today saying that they're going to clamp down on it. They're going to clamp down on fans running on the pitch. I absolutely hate it. Right? I think that's a terrible thing. And it came in for a while there for two or three months and everybody was doing it. You had people doing it at the Derry games, etc. Kids like getting thrown on from their parents and that. I think it's absolutely terrible. But what I do love is pyrotechnics um, and yeah, they're coming back into the game and nobody can stop it, to be honest with you. I'll give you the prime example as well. Uh, I don't know if you actually saw, but I was in Marseille. Uh, how many months ago? May. I went to Marseille in May. And coincidentally, I ended up getting tickets in with the Nord, uh, North Curve. My French isn't really good tonight. <laughs> uh, but I ended up getting tickets and with the French Ultras, right, the Marseille Ultras, and I think you can take a guess at how much pyro was used in a UEFA semi-final. They played against Feyenoord, madness the night before, getting into the game. Yeah, the, the security services, obviously, were feeble. I thought they were going to be like party right up and down. Security services were feeble. Getting into the stadium, and then see before the game kicked off. I am not joking you. Guys, tops off, balaclavas on standing all round me. Next thing you know, next thing you know, all you hear is, 
looked around me, about one in every five person had uh, a flare in their hand. It was absolutely mental. Like, I have never experienced something like that in my life. But yet again, nobody was injured, nobody was hurt, and it just created an atmosphere like no other. Because as soon as you see pyro, the noise just lifts, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree. Like, that's, I, I mean, I, I was ripping into Jack a couple of weeks ago. We beat Dundalk 1 0 at home, and, you know, we had an incredible display for their Ultras 15 anniversary. So they, they were really up for it. And, you know, your 15th anniversary, you're playing against your rivals at home on a Friday night. And it was just, you know, the atmosphere was electric. And to make it even better, we scored after 53 seconds to, to make it 1-0 and held out for the game. So, you know, we were ahead for the whole match. And the atmosphere was electric. It was hopping. The the atmosphere, the flares were going. There was, you know, uh, the smoke bombs were there. And it was just, you know, everything about it was just... It just feels different, different, spe- like a special different. Like, it's it just feels right. When you're there and the, the flares are out and you know like not everybody has to get involved in it and I'm a mad, I'm, I'm a big advocate for the way it's done in in Holland and Germany where it's done safely where like yeah I was going to say that have you seen the way they do it yeah. even uh, in the uh, Iceland was it America I yeah. know they do it as well um, I don't know if they brought it in in Iceland as well and. Yeah, I think they understand that it makes a difference. Obviously, it's not yeah. to the same standard when they've got it in like holders at the front and stuff. But yeah, um, when you see pyro at a game, and I'm not just talking about one pyro, I'm talking about like two or three. You know, the atmosphere is just going to lift, don't you? Yeah, well, that's like what I was saying. Was um, they have fire training for the fans in in Germany and Holland, where they're trained how to handle them properly and then they all have a, a sand bucket in front of them so when the flare is going out it goes into the sand bucket and then it's it's safe like so the people that are using them are trained to use them and they're trying to do it safely and then they're given the equipment by the club to be able to do it safely because they can just put it into the sand bucket the fire goes out and then the game gets played whereas what's happening in some situations you get some absolute morons who are throwing them onto the pitch and but that's again, as you say, people running onto the pitch is a lot of bollocks, and I think that's the same. But when you're throwing flares and things like that, um, it's it's just yeah, something you, you, you see, Bond right in at the pitch, that is stupid. Um, yeah. maybe that is something the clubs can have a look at. Uh, maybe that is an idea for clubs to have a look at getting fans trained, etc. Uh, maybe getting the leader of each fan group and then just taking it from there, really. Uh, because I do see it rising and. To be honest with you, I'm not against it. Um, but then again, you want to, you want the safety of your fans, and you don't want your pitch getting burned through as well, because we know that costs a lot of money, and we yeah. don't want the pitch we don't want the pitch with big patches on it, do we? No, exactly. No, that's that's exactly it. Like you want it to be safe. You want it to be to be um, you know, the best way. You want it to be done as best as possible, and that's that's the main thing is safety is, is obviously the number one thing. You don't want anybody getting injured or hurt or losing their hand over it. But if you can manage to do it safely, the way they do it in Germany and Holland and actually train people how to do it properly. I know cold pyrotechnics was, was mentioned as well, which is a bit safer, but it is something that like it, it could be looked at if they actually wanted to. And then again, it gets rid of fines and things like that, that the, the clubs can't afford, which then, 
means that you know you can you'd have a bigger budget to be able to you know get better players in. So it's just it's all it's all relative. Like it's all things that can be done to help improve the league as well. Like and again, I think Jack was mentioned a couple of weeks ago where they banned Pyro, but they use it in all of their promo videos, and it's just. You know, it's such a contradiction and it's really frustrating because our clubs get so many fines for a pyro and they just can't afford it. Like, and you know, if they can if they can do it in a better way that helps the clubs, I think that that's the way to go. But you just don't you don't see it from the, the powers that be that that um you don't they don't seem to want the help more than anything, like you know. I was just I was just gonna come in there with them. I applied uh, I'm going over to Amsterdam in a week or two. I'm going to Test Arnhem's opening game against Firenold, actually, funnily enough. And I had to apply for a thing there Sunday night, a fan card, which basically you have to apply for to get tickets for in the man game. There's only like a fiver. But Joe, something that done very good. I was pissed off the time, obviously, because it's just a nuisance. You have to submit your passport photo. You have to put in everything. Like, you have to send out. It's like applying for a fucking passport. Like, it was mental. And it took about three days to get back to me. But if that's the depth you have to go just to be able to, like, stop, like, People run on the pitch because you have their fan card and you have their dress, you have their coat ID. You know exactly what they look like. If it has to be done, it has to be done at the end. I think that's done every club narrative is. I think it's done very good. I can't speak for any other countries, so I don't know. But just curiosity, Blair. Um, did Feyenoord bring that many over to Marseille after that game? Yeah, um, it was absolutely chaos. I think it was the most chaotic thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, fans trying to take the head off police, police tear gas and fans, uh, having to run back to a hotel. Um, I would probably say it's a little bit different uh, if you think it's going to be like Irish football. I would maybe take a step back and do a bit of research before you go over because I didn't do that and I nearly got caught in the middle of chaos, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. No, look, uh, look, Blair. Thanks very much for for all of this. Like, it's it's been great chatting to you. Like, I'm just conscious of the time. Um, but uh, no, look, just a, a couple of couple of questions before we kind of uh, wrap up now. Um, no what would be the best? Yeah, what would be the best atmosphere you've ever been to? You've ever seen? Obviously in Gala. It's was two. Probably. Right, I went. Uh, I, I went to my Celtic. Are you, are you talking about on my YouTube, or are you just talking about in general? Both. Yeah. Right. In general, I'll just I'll just go for it. When I was a young boy, um, my my mum's pal and work managed to get a ticket in the Green Brigade for a Celtic European net match. So as a young boy, I snatched it with both hands. Celtic versus Inter Milan. John Gadetti, last minute equaliser. And all I'll say is Celtic scored that goal and five seconds later I was up on somebody's shoulders whilst getting a kiss on the cheek of a, a woman next to me. Uh, so, like, probably the wildest thing ever. As, as a 12-year-old boy sitting in the Green Brigade at a European match uh, against Inter Milan, so obviously they had, like, 4,000 fans there as well, it was absolutely mental. In terms of, like... Everything together, the match, the experience and stuff, it has to be Marseille. I mean, from getting tear gassed outside the stadium from the fans to the fans fighting with each other and fighting with the police, um, from getting inside the stadium and the police throwing tear gas into the stand. And then I 
the game was 0-0, but that didn't matter. The pyro show, um, the big uh, UEFA mafia, they actually got a full stand and made a show, like a display, and it read out UEFA mafia, as if they say, we are the mafia of UEFA. And then they just let up your pyro show from the full stand all the way around it, as if to say, we, as if to say, we do what we want. It was just wild, yeah. Yeah, perfect. And then, sorry, just the last one. Uh, what would be the biggest disappointing uh, atmosphere that you've had? Like, it's not necessarily the worst, but like you went in thinking this is going to be fucking incredible, and you went in and it just wasn't as mo- as good as you thought it was going to be. Uh, once again, Celtic. I was at the Old Firm. Some of you may call it the Glasgow Derby. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, but I was at the Old Firm, and that was one of my videos. It was a one one each where Jota scored and Fashion Shakala scored. So Celtic had the chance to win the league and Jota scored 1-0. Incredible. But after Jota scored, instead of keeping the atmosphere going, everybody decided to sit down. And this is supposed to be the best game in the world. Do you know that's supposed yeah, to be the best atmosphere? Yeah, yeah. And there was people actually sitting down, a full stand. The Jockstein stand was sitting down. Uh, so I was very unimpressed with that. Um, my standing at football, I'm all for it. Sitting down at football, not a chance. <laughs> yeah, no. And then, so you just, um, what was the biggest surprise then when, when you arrived at the ground and it, it was just, it blew you away? I'm actually going to say caught. And I don't know you're going to be surprised at this again, but I'm going to, no, I'm going to have no. to be honest. Cork, see when I stepped up the stairs, because... You're surrounded above you and all around you by the fans, and there was no space to stand at all. Like it was crammed, the place was bouncing. Like even when I was walking around around the ground, you could hear the like the, the you could hear it just erupting. The place was bouncing, and as soon as I stepped up the steps, I was like, "Oh boy, this is going to be good." But Court never scored, never turned up, and it ended up being a no no. So I never got my goal. <laughs> I travelled, travelled six hundred miles, and I never even got a goal. <laughs> because yeah, and the other thing as well, I was going to say is, if you watch the video quickly, Galway got a red card, and you should see the cel- watch the celebrations for the red card. It was like somebody scored a goal, and I was like, I remember sitting, sitting, thinking to myself, what if they actually score a goal? Like there's gonna be people there's gonna be people on like doing headstands on the pitch and stuff like it was mad, but didn't get that, so I went home crying. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's great stuff, Blair. No, look, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um you've definitely gotten a, a few more subscribers out of us anyway. Um but now look, is there anything that you want to plug just before we finish up? Nothing at all. Um what I would just like to say is keep up the good work. If you've not already, go and check out my channel. Blair McNally, uh, check it out on YouTube and I'm definitely going to be back over doing some more League of Ireland stuff so just keep an eye on the channel I'll be back over uh, in Dublin, I was supposed to go to the Dublin Derby and I got Covid the day before it just just a month ago so that is still to be ticked off the list and that's not the only one as well so yeah, go and check it out and keep an eye on the channel, thank you very much guys for having me on. Fantastic, thanks Mel for thank coming you on,